Welcome to another episode of the Conscious Currency Podcast, where we help creators make an income while making an impact. Let's get into it. Today, we have a very special guest. This man has been my mentor mentor for a long time. And he was actually one of, he is actually a primary source when it comes to hip hop and like just the birth of its culture. He is a politician, father, awesome husband, my man, Overlord Beats. What's up, man? What's up, man? How you feeling? I'm super fantastic. Living the dream. That's good. Good for you. So, um, like I said in the intro, it's like you were kind of brought up with hip hop, like it, like when it was at its grassroots. So, what was your like first encounter with that? Um, Rapper's Delight. Wow. I was a kid, man. I heard Rapper's Delight, man. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And then um, I started hearing more stuff. When I heard Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, I was blown away. And I think the song that had the most impact on me was The Message. Ooh. So that, that just the way they was talking about real life and, and what was going on, because everybody else was doing party stuff. So I was like the first conscious type thing that was talking about issues blew me away Melly Mel is a beast yeah for sure did you see a lot of what they were talking about just like growing up um yeah I mean just growing up in the neighborhood granted we weren't in New York and the funny thing about that is um New York was only three hours three and a half hours away from us but in, in terms of music and when music was released you would have thought they were halfway across the globe because they would drop something and it would take sometimes six months to nine months before we'd even hear it. Wow. Because, you know, it wasn't the interwebs back then. So, you know, and then I had cousins in New York, so they would bring tapes. So it would either be from friends hearing tapes or uh, mixtapes that they would record off the radio of the mix shows and, and, and stuff like that, where you really get, like, the, the en engrossed in the culture. Other than mm. that, it's just... You just hear what was mainstream on the radio. Wow. So it's like you were hearing it almost from the, from the <coughs> almost from the sidelines in a way. Like, Pretty oh, much. wow, these people are going way. Like, it's way, like you said, worlds away. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It seemed that way. Yeah. And, 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 and it was even worse or it would even take even longer the further down you went. So if you went to Virginia, it took them maybe a year, year and a half. You go to Atlanta, Georgia, start going down to Florida, it would take even longer for it to have that reach. Wow. And you're from you're from Baltimore originally? Yep. Baltimore. Okay. So fair like closer, definitely closer than a lot of a, a lot of those other places. So that's awesome. So when was the so you heard Rapper's Delight and you're like, this is crazy, and then the message came out. Was there a time when you were like, wow, I really want to get into production or DJing? Like, when did you want to start being a practitioner from when you first heard it? Um, well, I enjoyed it when I first heard it. Um, and then my cousin took me to um, this guy's house. His name was Wayne. He was a friend of the family. And he had this thing. It looked like a big giant suitcase, right? It looked like a, a case. But when you open it up, it had two turntables and a mix, and it was all integrated together. Mm. It was taking all these dance songs and blending stuff together, and I, I was blown away. And I was like, man. And he would, and, and eventually he let us try it out. 
and he started teaching me how to DJ. And man, every day I would go out of school, can I come in? And sometimes he'd be at the window like, no, <laughs> do your homework, no. <laughs> so, but we would go every day until he finally broke and let us in and out and, um, and let me start mixing. He said, you know what, I'm a, I can teach you how to use the equipment, but I can't teach you how to have an ear. You got to have an ear for it. So I started DJing and that was it. That was when I really got into it. I started rapping off of a dare because my cousin's like, man, these people rapping, that's difficult to do. That's It takes this. I'm like, I think I can do it. Like, no, you can't because it's really like a, like it's just, so I, I took my shot at it and, and started doing okay. So I started rhyming and I was DJing and then eventually I started making beats. Wow. So you were like, there because there's the four pillars, right? You had like two just right off the bat before you even started producing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, two off the bat before I started producing. Um, the crazy thing about it is, man, it's just that the impact that it had on you, on us then, and I don't want to be unfair to youth. It just had a more, it had a major impact on us. Mm. It was like because it was so new, it was so magical, and you were getting engrossed in it. And I mean, I mean, you, were, it was an obsession, dude. Wow. Listening to hip hop staying up late recording like like they had an am station that would play some songs staying up trying to catch those recordings and there was another station that would play four albums like at the wow here you are sitting by the tape deck or waiting for your song to come on so you could record it wow so you could play it over and over again because you couldn't buy the records well you could but i didn't have the money i was the kid yeah Man, we was just sitting there. Sometimes we'd take the little, uh, like the little single speaker recorders and put the and put it by the speaker. Wow! Record the songs from the speaker just so you could play it over and over again. And he would just play it so many times and learn those raps, man. Wow, that's incredible. I would have, because now you have like YouTube to MT3 and you just download it on your computer. But that is incredible. Yeah, man, I didn't even think about crazy. that. Yeah, man, we we went all out. It was just, it was just phenomenal, man. And and just like when they, I wish I could be in New York when those guys were saying they were had a block parties and they would go there and, and and they would watch the guys and ciphers and rhyme and stuff like that. Man, it was just a magical thing, dude. Wow. So I'm getting the. I'm getting the sense that you guys were almost trying to recreate what you were hearing about what was going down in New York then in Baltimore. Um, no, we was more fans. That didn't come till later. Um, okay. We were fans of it. But then eventually, um, everything was centered around DJing. And it was these mixed crews that would come on the, um, on the radio. It was a mixed crew called the AP Crew. It was another mixed crew called the New Marks. AP mm. was official. They would make these almost production-like mixes, man. And if you catch them, you'd be like, oh, my goodness, it's amazing. The way they would blend stuff together. Then the New Marks started doing mixes and stuff like that. Then the New Marks eventually formed into a group, a rap group, right? And then they put out music. And interesting story is Kevin Lyles, who was a um, CEO for Def Jam, um, um, Kevin Lyles is from Baltimore. He was a member of the New Marks. Wow. And they, made, and they made this track called Girl You Know It's True. 
and that was bumping on the radio. We thought it was the coolest thing. Then eventually, we didn't hear it anymore. The next thing you know, Millie Vanilli. So Millie Vanilli got the girl you know is true from the group called New Marks out of Baltimore. Wow. That's incredible. So that's a, damn. So Baltimore was influencing hip hop at that early then. Yeah, we had our own influence. It was, um, it wasn't, it wasn't heavy, not like New York. And, and it was very, very underground because the main scene in Baltimore, eventually as you go on, cause I'm skipping years and stuff. But mm-hmm. what, what happened was the, the main genre for us was club music. And, um, they call it Baltimore Club, and in some places, people consider, or some countries, they consider it a genre. But okay. Baltimore Club was a big, big thing, and it was a lot of guys making club music and club mixes and stuff like that, because it was all about dance. Our, our roots are similar to New York, just different, meaning that in New York, everything was about the disco era, and then, then rap formulated into it, and you had that conflict between disco and rap. Owls was club music and rap. And then if you go to D.C., it, could, it was a, more like go-go and rap. Because mm. so, each of these places had their, their main thing that, they, that, that, that drove the city. Owls was Baltimore Club. D.C. was go-go. Okay. So what is what was club music? Is that like house? A combination. Not so much like house, but it was more beat-driven. Because house was more musical where you had bass lines and melodies and singing and stuff like this. Baltimore was more like chants and drums, so it sped up hip-hop beats, and and and, and, and you still had the four on the floor to drive it, but you had a lot of other percussions. It was like, do, do, do. That's your, like, your, your house. This is like, do, 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 that, do, 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 A lot more rhythm in ours. And you have stuff like where they would do chants, um, Doo-doo Brown, like you might have heard that. Um, and we had artists like Miss Tony, like um, a guy, Miss Tony, was, and he had a song called Miss Tony Said, How You Want to Carry It? Miss Tony Says, How You Want to Carry It? Miss Tony Said, How You Want to Carry It? What's up? What's up? It's just little chants and stuff like that. But it was mainly driven by the beat. And he would say little chants, and sometimes they would shout out streets and stuff like that. Okay. So that sounds like it was. That sounds like it was kind of mimicking what maybe not even intentionally, but kind of mimicking what MCs like really early MCs were doing, like with DJ Cool Herc and stuff. Somewhat, somewhat. And what you're noticing, every place that we that we're fond of had um had had the same kind of history. Cause even if you go to Detroit, they had a certain level of electronic club like music that was kind of driving, and then hip hop came into beat. And then if you go to, to LA, the, the, the whole thing was more like a disco and, 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 and R&B type of thing that eventually got into rap. So if you ever watched in, the NWA movie, you saw Dre. Yeah. You no, know, the record crew. Okay. That, the record yeah, we're class wrecking crew. Yeah. yeah. So everything had something that drove their culture first and then the hip hop came into it. Okay. And then hip hop was like heavily influenced by what, just what came before it, but was like also heavily obviously brought over by, by New, New York. York. Heavily influenced by New York, but every town had their thing. So ours was more club music and you had club and house music in Detroit. You had go-go in DC. 
um, disco in New York, um, you know, funk and all this other stuff in LA and, and, and all that stuff. Those was the things. And those influences influenced the style and the type of hip hop that we did. Okay. No where you from, whether it was Detroit, whether it's Chicago, whether it's Baltimore, whether it's New York, whether it's LA, you can always hear the other influence from the main driving music from those places. That's what made that's what made it so unique. And that's why I like the golden era so much because you really heard a variety of music. A large variety of music and different styles in hip hop. Hip hop had a a plethora of different styles and different things going on because of different areas and so if you go to Miami you listen to Two Live Crew which was heavily driven by by um bass music, you know, mm. and, and and you can hear the influences. Even um in LA their their hip hop was driven more by when they got introduced to Planet Rock and those and those and that type those type of beats. And a lot okay. of stuff was influenced from that. And same thing happened to LA. Their stuff was driven off of that. And then you could hear it in how they rap and the style of rap that they did. Which when when this hip hop thing started and then everyone's then all these other cultures and states start to get into it, man, it was so much music, it was ridiculous. Wow. I mean, it was just so many different, I want to say genres, but styles. I mean, from native tongues, what I miss is back then, there was hip hop for everybody, no matter what mm-hmm. it was. Everyone who loved the culture did it from a, 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 a true, genuine place. So if you was nerdy and you was into, you was into school, you was into weird stuff, you probably leaned towards the, to the, the, um, the, the native tongues like De La Soul and Tribe Called Quest and mm-hmm. the other. But if you was in the streets and you was doing your thing, you was doing your hustle and maybe you snatching chains, you listen to MOP, you know, you listen you, you listen to um BDP at that time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Things like that. And and if you was into dance and party and and, 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 and girls shaking their booties and stuff, you listen to Luke's Uncle Luke. He would call himself Luke Skywalker at the time. You listen to Uncle Luke and and okay. Two Crew and that type of stuff. And then if you was into that funk and that that G funk and that you had that stuff going on in L.A. and then it's it's, it's crazy. Wow, that's really influenced how our music came to be. How our music came to be. That's really interesting. So what do you? So back then it was all very like there was something for everybody. How would you say it is like now? Um, right now it's, it's, it's exactly what we call it, the music industry, you mm. know, our industry. And when anything is industrious, do you know, when I think of industry, I think of machinery, I think of putting out a product, making multiple things of a product. So if, 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 if it's, if it's shoes, you know, the data on the assembly line is going to be all these kinds of shoes. You mm-hmm. might have different colors of this, that, the other, but they all look alike. And then it might be another little style, but everything is going to be very similar because he's driven by the industry. So okay. everything is driven by what people like. They hear what they like and then they mimic it. So a lot of things sound the same. That's why now when certain things pop off, it's because it took something from the past that drove it. 
Timeless mm-hmm. music will all, always be timeless music, and timeless music will influence timeless music. Like, for instance, I'm, I was watching this guy called Digging. He has a website. He has a YouTube channel called Digging the Greats. And um, and he was talking about the influence of um, Michael Jackson off the wall and how it influenced Justin Timberlake and how it influenced Lizzo and how you can hear how new music is influenced by some of these classic things. So, and these songs were hits. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when you hear something that's influenced by something genuine, it generally pops off. Um, but when you hear something that's, even if it lasts a while, fly by night, everyone can do it, easy to get in, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, how, that's how I compare today's music. But, but equally, it also reminds me of back then because then we would always be searching for new sounds and searching for the new thing, right? So now you still kind of do that, but, but you got the um, access to the internet to do so. So it's a lot of groups and a lot of people out there doing unique things, and you can find them if you look for them. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a huge advantage of the internet that I've seen. It's just you have access to so many different things from like countries away, because mm-hmm. you didn't have you didn't have that back then. So and that's actually that's another thing I want to talk to you about was um, when we were when you were kind of mentoring me you was really emphasis emphasizing the idea of expanding your palate. And just listening to everything. So how, so specifically from an artist perspective, how does that help like lyric writing and songwriting and stuff like that? Um, tremendously. Um, because you will always have landmarks. And where I'm, and where I'm going at this, you will always have landmarks or, or time. You'll always have a moment in time that changes things that change the landscape. So when Rapper's Delight came out, everything was, it was sampling, but not because it was more interpolation because bands were replaying the music, like Good Times and, and popular songs, and then the rappers would rap over it. Then the DJ started mixing breaks, and, they, and then the DJ would mix breaks, and the MC would just come on to brag about the DJ, mm-hmm. right? And then, and then eventually the, 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 the MC took started to take the forefront. So... What you notice was, how, how can I say this? They would, I'm trying to find the best way to put this. You have, you had Rapper's Delight, you had Grandmaster Flash of the First Lot, Five, Treacherous Three, Grandmaster Kaz, that was people that were out before that, before, before that, because we heard mainstream, but it was people that was doing it before that. Then the message came out. That changed hip hop because it gave a because it gave a message, right? Then all of a sudden, Run DMC came out, rhyming to just a drum beat. Then that changed the landscape. Then LL Cool J heard a lot of rappers just rhyming over drums, mm. right? And then you had Rakim come out with more of a slow style, more laid back, not aggressive, not like, yeah, yeah, throw your hands. No, just like chilling. That changed the landscape of everything. That changed, he changed hip hop. He changed, he took hip hop from rapping into lyricism. Mm. 
and then, and then, and and then there was a lot of other ones that did it too, from L O Cool J. Not to discredit L O Cool J. Not to discredit Big Daddy Kane, Cool G Rap, and all those. Then you start to see that change. Then when you start to see the heavy influence of samples, and then you start to see it change again. There's always errors where someone will come and change the landscape. Biggie Kane changed the landscape. Wu Tang Kane changed the landscape. So you always have these periods of times where people will come and change the landscape. But you also had others that would go out of their way to do things different. So even though they was influenced by it, it made them want to do music, but not copy what they heard. Okay. When now music is influenced by what they hear and what you hear is a lot of people mimicking what others are already doing. And every so often you'll have the greats that will pull something from something iconic and the next thing you know they make a hit. I tell you man, timeless music. Absolutely. And that's that also can um it sounds like it almost speaks to like the idea of trends in music as well, because like like you said, there was very um it got to a point where like Run DMC started rapping over just drum beats and like then that was a trend for a while. And then um Rakim came in, started adding lyricism, then that was a trend for a while. So what do you see as like the trend happening now? And then where do you see it going? Um that's that's tricky. Um what I see now, I see I see pockets of things where now it's starting to seem like lyricism is coming back. Mm. Where where people are really focusing on lyricism. So when I look, listen to trap music today, to me, that was the equivalent of the the, the pop songs or the the, the radio friendly songs that everyone listen to listen to because that's what's played on the radio. Mm-hmm. But we we would go against the grain. We had a time where. You had rappers boycotting the Grammys. Wow. So, yeah, you had rappers boycotting the Grammys, and you had songs like The Crossover, where he was talking about where certain artists was going mainstream, trying to be more pop, pop, popular. So right now, trap is the new pop music. So, but but you always going to have that craving for something different, that nourishment for something unique, and that's and that's why I see it going now. You're going to start to see a lot of little pockets. A lot of little different things, and it's, and it's been going on for years. So I see things being similar. Whatever's played on the radio will be your pop music. That's going to always change. Mm-hmm. Your dance, your EDM, whatever it is at that time, that's going to be. But you're going to always have something that 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 goes against the grain. And and to give you an example is like you know trap music is very ha- heavy right now. Um, the Drake sound very heavy. The the Migos, all these that stuff is right very heavy right now. But then, but then you got Griselda, mm. Saigon, Benny the Butcher. You know what I'm saying? Then, then you got Rock Marciano. You know these guys doing these different things. Joey, you know, Joey Badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So you got a lot of guys that are doing different things, and even if they're down with someone popular. You still hear unique things like J. Cole, lyricist, but then he formed Dreamville. 
very unique cast of M MCs in that in that squad. Very talented. A lot of different things they bring to the table. So I'm. Um, you're going to start to see a lot more unique things, and and I think people are going to start being more true to themselves and start to express themselves more and let themselves out. That's why Kendrick right now is so iconic is because he raps his truth. Mm -hmm. and it's genuine. And, he, and, and he's not going out his way to be trendy. He's going out his way to express who he is and share himself with the world, where everyone else is trying to compete and show that hey I'm of the world where he's trying to share his experiences people trying to get other people's experiences where he's sharing his who he is so he's not mimicking he's not copying he's just genuinely sharing true stories of who he is and what he's going through and his conflicts and that's why that's why he resonates and that's why he's so iconic right now same thing with a J. Cole you know you're going to start to see artists really come out to express their talents and not feel the need to have to follow the mainstream or be gimmicky. Yeah, absolutely. You, I mean, it, you, I couldn't have said it better myself. It just, it sounds like the only way to win that race of being trendy is to not race at all. You know what you mean? Um, if, What's when you look at things and you look at items, what makes items I mean what take what makes items expensive? I'm gonna say the uniqueness and the detail. The uniqueness, the the, the, the detail, the attention to detail, the the authenticness, um the fact that there may only be a few of them, mm -hmm. not a lot. It's not a lot of these things. So these things are iconic. So when you look at certain diamonds, you look at certain vehicles, you know what I'm saying? You look at certain things and and certain things that are one-offs and certain things that are like this, that creates value mm -hmm. because you, you ain't going to just find this shit anywhere. Yeah. You ain't, ain't going to just turn a corner like, oh, there it is. You know what I'm saying? It's unique. Yeah. And so what I would implore against anyone that's trying to add some type of value or or, 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 or trying to elevate themselves and whatever whatever the art or whatever it is they're doing, their duty is to one, be yourself and be unique as hell. Mm -hmm. Because the more rarity you bring, that means there's only a one-off. Everybody might not catch on, and the more di in the in the in the higher level of difficulty, the more you get to solidify yourself, and you become the one-stop shop because can't no anybody do it. There's one producer out there right now that has me so charged up because it's a uniqueness to him that's very difficult to imitate. Timberland used to be that way, and you're going to see where certain producers have that run and. They have a uniqueness about their sound or how they do things. That's why people admire Jay Dilla because mm -hmm. of his uniqueness and how he win it. The most unique producer to me right now, and um, and he's not even this like super duper mainstream producer, but it's a producer you can find him on Instagram. This kid, his name is Soundtrack. Soundtrack. I'm gonna write that down. 
I think it's S N D T R A A C or A K. It's 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 easy to find them. Yeah. Um. This this dude production and how he flips samples blows everyone's mind, even industry guys. Even wow. Mad Lib, even Mad Lib was like, "This dude is the man." Wow. I say that because the way he flipped things is so uniquely him. Is at least for me, I find it very difficult to imitate. Mm-hmm. So that will make anything he do unique enough that you can't get it from nobody else but him. Damn. Where you're going to have somebody that can imitate, you know, uh, 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 come on, tell me one of the, the, the producers, like, not, not Hip Boy so much, but somewhat. You can have mm-hmm. somebody mimic Hip Boy. Alchemist. So um, no, I, I'm talking about people like uh, like Zaytoven and these guys that say, oh, okay. you can have people that can kind of imitate those sounds. Ooh. They live off of imitating and driving those sounds or whoever the hot cash money AP and these, you're going to find people that are driven to imitate these styles. Oh, okay, but yeah. I would love to see someone recreate and redo any of soundtracks beats because this dude is unique. <laughs> so... So that's that's what I'm shooting for. A level of uniqueness that will only that will when you listen to it, you like, man, that's 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 overlord. No one that's overlord. Absolutely. I'm still in my at my age right now, I'm still searching for that. I still have an obsession with 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 making unique things because the most valuable things are the most unique things. Absolutely. That's that's a gem right there. Just be be unique, be yourself. Um, I did want to ask you this one question too, um, which kind of ties back into how you were talking about J. Cole, Kendrick, and Griselda and all that. Who would you say are the top three hip hop storytellers right now? Oh. Mm. Top three storytellers right now. Kendrick, um, try not to say that the, the 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 most common things because these people that these are people that that touch me. Kendrick, um, Cole, I'm missing somebody, man. I'm missing somebody. When it's Take done, I'm, 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 I'm gonna kick myself when it when it's all said and done. Um, you know what? I'm gonna say Nas. And, and okay. the funny thing is, I'm, I'm gonna say Nas because I think Hit Boy helped him resurge his career. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, gonna, say those, I'm gonna say those right now. Um, but because you got a lot of brothers that still doing braggadocio stuff but Benny tells some good stories too if you listen to what he's talking about even though it's bragging braggadocio and talking about what he and there's a lot of metaphoric driven he still tells some cool stories mm-hmm. and Royce is very good at telling stories too Royce, Royce the 5'9 absolutely so, um, any of those any of the veterans I would say but um, it's this young kid I can't think of his name right now that that that, that has my ear I stumbled across them on YouTube 
and um and the new kid um Vaughn with TDE, Young Vaughn. Oh, okay. Um, that kid is lyrically nice. It's a lot of lyrical giants out there. Absolutely. So I'm I'm, I'm loving what I'm hearing now. That's good. That's that's awesome. I mean, that's a definitely valuable word from a somebody who's grown up with it, like from its grassroots, like we were saying. So, yeah. Um, thank you so much for I. Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, we're kind of running out of time. <laughs> this is only my second interview. Chill. Um, this. So we're kind of running out of time. Um, but I will leave links to everything below. Um, your name is just. Overlord Beats everywhere, Instagram. Yeah, Overlord Beats and the unique, the best way, Overlord Beats is a, is, is is what I define the business as. The, the name is Overlord. Okay. Um, think of Overlord and take the D off of it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how you can find me, Overlord everywhere. Overlord Beats is the best way to find me. And peep the Instagram. logo in the back, too. Yep. <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. And I'm I'm about to get more heavy in the, into the YouTube space again. Cool. Um, right yeah. YouTube, and I'm about to get back heavy on the YouTube space. Um, I was just finding I was just trying to find a lane and a direction I wanted to go. Um, For sure. So many people doing unique things. I really want to give unique content or something that speaks to who I am. Absolutely, because that's only one on one, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so there you go. Absolutely. Thank you again for tuning in. Um, I really hope you got some value from this. I will leave all the links to everything we're talking about in the description. Um, and yeah, thanks so much for coming on, Overlord. Appreciate you, man. Have me anytime, man. I will right, we'll do. Peace. Right. Peace.